Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy. And as you know by now, we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, many parents might look at the challenges, irritations, and frustrations of parenting and blame the child, thinking, if I can fix my child, these issues will disappear. But what if we didn't blame the child or ourselves and instead looked at our temporary failures and our stressors as teachers so that we can calm our stress responses in the most stressful moments and have a better relationship both with ourselves and our children? My next guest believes that the perfect place to start is right there in order to break the cycle of reactive parenting and raise kind, confident kids. Now, before we get into my next guest, I want to announce something that I'm so excited about. My new book, my forthcoming book, How to Talk to Kids About Anything, has been handed in to my editor and will be ready for all of you September 12th, 2023. Now, I know it seems like a very long while away, but actually it's right around the corner and I'm going to be really excited to meet you all in person as I travel around the country speaking and doing book signings. And if you are interested in having me come in, please contact our office. You can go to drrobinsilverman.com and contact us and let us know you want us to come in so that we can book it for next year because we are already booking for August, September, October, November, and even into the following year. I am looking forward to meeting you and working with you on how to talk to kids about anything. Now, my next guest is named Hunter Clark Fields, and she is the Mindful Mama Mentor. Hunter is the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, host of the Mindful Mama Podcast, and widely followed author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. She helps parents bring more calm and peace into their daily lives. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in meditation practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. Welcome, Hunter Clark Fields, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm thrilled to have you here. Before we launch into the strategies and the information that you bring forth, can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what has brought you to this discussion of how to break the cycle of reactive parenting in order to have that better relationship with yourself and your children? Well, yeah, I mean, those are big questions, but I will do my best. Uh, (laughs) I mean, really, this work does get me up in the morning because I know how much I struggled and how difficult things were for me. And, you know, I was kind of like one of those people who was 
good at being good at things, you know, like I could get the good grades. Mm-hmm. I could, I could do a lot of different things in my life. And, and then I figured, you know, you know, I'd get to parenting and I just, this is how I want to do it. I'd be able to decide how I want to do it. And then that would be that. And it wasn't that no, no. It's obviously so much harder than we thought it was. Uh, and, you know, I just think that having now gone through this journey, I really see that we can transform generational patterns. Right? We can mm. see that, you know, our, our parents had suffering and our grandparents did, and, mm. and they've passed on seeds to us that uh, some are great and some are not so great. And we now have this amazing opportunity when be- we become parents to to transform those and to create an evolution in the way that we parent. And I really think that, you know, this, it can transform so many people's suffering and create stronger relationships for life. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the, the work really does drive me. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And I'm glad you are doing this work because parenting is really hard and we have very stressful days, stressful hours, stressful moments with our kids. Some of us more than others, of course, we get really stressed out and frustrated And you talk about mindfulness using John Kabat-Zinn's definition, which I'll just paraphrase here as the awareness that comes from paying attention on purpose and without judgment. And you talk about this as a pathway to caring for your stress response, as it's impossible to sort of just wing it when you are completely triggered. So can you talk about how being mindful can help us when we get triggered and we're sort of in that moment, face-to-face with our kids, stressed out and irritated. Sure. It's really helpful to understand in those moments what is really happening kind of in the body. And I think that that is so interesting as I've, you know, as I dove into this and I've learned about it, we can really understand that, you know, we evolved a a nervous system that is on the lookout for threats. We Mm -hmm. know this, right? Mm -hmm. And so in those moments, our nervous system is perceiving our child as a threat. And so it's like the tiger, right? (laughs) The bear, the tiger, that's the threat. And it can be true. You know, if your kid is, is causing, having a whole bunch of problems for putting on their shoes in the morning and you have to get out the door Mm -hmm. to go make your living, then that is a threat Mm -hmm. to your survival. You know, it it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that stress response is really seeing our kids as a threat. And so what happens, what's really interesting about this is that, is what I think is what happens in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so in those moments, we would love to just be able to like respond calmly and rationally and thoughtfully. But the, in the brain, the amygdala, which is the, the alarm bells of Mm -hmm. the brain, the threat, the threat response, it's, it's actually really, it's, it's bypassing all the other parts of the brain, the, the prefrontal cortex, the, all, where the, all the higher order thinking is, your problem solving ability, your empathy, your verbal ability, it's bypassing that so you can be reactive. And when we're reactive, words just come out of our mouth and they're, you know, the words, you know, maybe unskillful words that our parents had. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think it's important to realize is that this is nobody's fault, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, no one woke up in the morning and like chose to like lose it at their child mm-hmm. at 9am mm-hmm. we're getting out the door. It's mm-hmm. not what we choose. But what's cool about mindfulness 
is the, once we start to understand the brain and then we can start to look at like how does mindfulness help with that and mm -hmm. so it helps in a couple different ways mm -hmm. it can help a little bit more in the moment and it can help more as a long-term practice mm -hmm. and so um What's really fascinating is that, you know, there's so much research on mindfulness. Johns Hopkins found 47 different studies that show that mindfulness meditation practice can reduce anxiety, reduce depression, increase feelings of well-being, increase health responses um, in medical situations, and increase your quality of sleep. But what's really, really interesting and important for us as parents to realize is that it really um, increases our impulse control. Mm. It lowers our reactivity. And what's fascinating about, you know, you can feel those effects a little bit. Sometimes my, my clients in Mindful Parenting, their, their partners see, see the effects before they really re even realize it in themselves. Mm -hmm. but, but what's cool is that there's actually research on M MRI studies in the brain that show that it literally changes the brain. So they've done studies um, after people have done an eight-week course of mindfulness meditation training. And they, they do kind of a before and after, and mm -hmm. they've done a, a several of these. And what they've discovered is that the amygdala, which is the, you know, the alarm bell of the brain, that seat of the stress response actually shrinks in gray matter. Mm, it actually so becomes mm -hmm. less dense. Yeah, I know, right? Mm -hmm. And and the connectivity between the amygdala and the rest of the brain actually weakens, mm. which is really fascinating wow. too. And then the prefrontal cortex, which is the area behind behind your forehead, that higher order thinking. I mean, the brain is a very complex, mm -hmm. interconnected area thing, but loosely that's the area of our higher order thinking, our verbal ability, our empathy, all that. That area actually becomes more dense mm -hmm. in brain matter. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're literally making changes in the brain. And so you're building a muscle mm -hmm. of non-reactivity. Mm -hmm. So you're making mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. more likely that you're not going to lose it and be able to use your whole brain when you're responding to your kids in, in, in all kinds of situations, which is okay. so amazing, right? It's yeah. like, it's like there's zero side effects and there's amazing, it's like this amazing superpower. It's so cool. It's really, yeah, it is amazing. So let's, let's kind of dig in a little bit more to that and let's talk about those triggers that we can be highly reactive to in a negative way or we can respond now mindfully and help ourselves respond in a more positive way. So what are some common parenting triggers and reactions to those triggers? And then what can we do to tame them using what you're saying about mindfulness? Sure. I mean, I, for me anyway, yeah. <laughs> I discover new triggers all the time. But for me, you know, of course, our child not listening when mm -hmm. we ask them to do something mm -hmm. um, and and maybe doing the opposite of what mm -hmm. we asked them to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, yes. in situations like that, that's when, right when that stress response is like, you know, is bypassing mm -hmm. the rest of the brain, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to actually instead be able to pause and think and say, okay, like what's going on? What need is my child trying to meet right mm -hmm. now? Like what is a better response here? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to... Um, to be able to get to those moments and to remain calmer in those moments, 
so we first of all there's that long-term practice right where we want to build that muscle because you you're not going to you know you know it's like sending your child into the the little league world series and uh, but not giving them any practice mm, sessions right, right. and saying like okay. go ahead and you know you don't you don't have any muscle memory you don't know any of the skills but here go ahead and do this right so we So it's to- kind of more like you're practicing in the sense that like if you were in this situation and you do if you were in this situation what could we do if we were triggered or looking back at situations we've already been in and say what could I have maybe done differently and then go through that those actions is that how it works yes we do some of that in in the in the mindful parenting course and they they that's part of it but also is just the general med, mindfulness meditation practice is a practice of staying non-reactive because surprisingly enough when you're sitting there meditating you know you don't feel blissed out and sparkles aren't shooting out of your no. ears in fact all your all your stuff comes up like your anxieties your thoughts, all the different things. And then you practice being non-reactive to them. You practice just sitting with them and holding with them. So you're building that muscle, which is really, really cool. So we want to be able to kind of build that muscle in the long term. But then in the short term, like in that moment, you're still, you know, it's not like you you meditate and suddenly you never get angry anymore. Um, But what we can do is we can use the tools of mindfulness to bring us back um, in that moment. So first it really helps to understand the brain and understand what's going on with us. And, and then to start to say, you know, because one of the, I guess one of the big mistakes that we try to do is that we try to, we say, okay, Dr. Robin and Hunter, they said, I got to stay calm with my kids. I don't want to yell at them. So we try to say like, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shaking this calm. And that doesn't really work so well because uh, then we're just kind of pushing down those feelings until we explode. And so instead, in the moment, we want to um, acknowledge what's happening for us in the moment. And it can be really helpful to acknowledge that out loud because then we're doing a couple things. We're helping ourselves calm our reactivity and we're modeling healthy emotional regulation for our kids. So we can say, I'm starting to get really frustrated here. Um, and that can be in a bell of mindfulness to say, okay, I said that out loud. That means I, I'm, you know, my stress response is taken over my brain. I got to go take a moment. I got to take a few breaths. I got to do something to help me calm down and be more regulated. Mm-hmm. Right. And then our children mm-hmm. see that. And you might even say, I need a break right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really frustrated. I need a break. Mm-hmm. And you can even just turn your back. You can just sigh it out, shake it out, do those, do those practices that help you to, um, help you to be more present. And sometimes the, the body leads the mind and sometimes the mind leads the body. So Mm. an instance of the body leading the mind would be, you know, deliberately taking a deep breath into your belly Mm. and a lot slowing down that exhale, right? Like, so you're, the body is leading the mind into saying there's no threat present. I can breathe deeply and it helps us to get out of that stress response. Um, you can also lead with the mind into the body and you can say to yourself, okay, this is a stressful moment. Okay. Uh, you may, you know, there's a couple different mantras I write in the book. Um, but, and people think different things work for different people. Mm -hmm. Some people say like, okay, 
I'm a ninja mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Right, and um, you had like, he's one, he's one, he's yeah, one yeah, years yeah. old. <laughs> yes, or I'm helping my child, I'm helping my child, right? You yeah. know, some of those things. and mm-hmm. Or it's not an emergency. No, That's really okay. helpful to yeah. he- tell our brain, tell our body, mind system that we're not in an emergency. Mm. That's really helpful too. So mm-hmm. we can, you know, it, but it really all depends on us having that awareness mm-hmm. of the sensations in our body, the thoughts in our mind and things like that. And n- starting to notice I'm getting really frustrated mm-hmm. right now and using and, and acknowledging those feelings out loud, name it to tame it. And as we mm-hmm. acknowledge them, then we can do something about them. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. let's, let's imagine that, okay, you have great intentions to do all that and you still like lose it at your, mm-hmm. you're just, just like mad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'll share with you. For me, I had a trigger. I discovered a new trigger uh, about a year ago uh, after a movie night with my family. My daughter was nine then, and my youngest daughter. And she, you know, it's late at night. I want her to go to bed. I'm tired. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. She starts laughing at me. Oh gosh, no! <laughs> that would send me over too. I get it. Yes. <laughs> wow. I just was like. Oh man, because at first I was like, okay, I'm just gonna ignore this behavior mm-hmm. and just read my book, and then I'm like, like I'm like panting fire as I'm reading this book. Because like you're like somehow like immediately transported to like fifth grade when people are pointing and laughing at you and not taking you seriously. It's like it's so deep rooted that you can't just like ignore it and be like, oh, my child's young and you know that's that's where I am right now. You're not only there, right? You're somewhere else too. Yeah, yeah, completely. So in that instance, I was so angry. And, you know, I, you know, it it probably would have helped to just walk out the door, but I was so angry. But there's something you can do when you're in a place like that. Mm. Um, Instead of telling, telling your child off, you Mm -hmm. know, so what I did is I said, I'm super angry right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so angry right now. And I walked out mm-hmm. the door mm-hmm. <laughs> and I walked up and down the street for 20 minutes. Mm, because totally done that. It took me to calm down. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that's great because it's so much more, you know, I'm owning my feelings. Right. I'm not telling, saying anything about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's also a thing that I knew about and, you know, kind of, had rehearsed in my head in some ways at some point that I'm going to, I know I'm going to need this. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't, it wasn't new. And, and, uh, it was a way to kind of skillfully get through a a really fiery internal moment, Mm -hmm. um, but not do a ton of damage. Mm. It's really, that's really helpful, I think. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to just be, on the one hand saying, oh, it's just, it's, it's my child or blaming yourself. It's me. Um, I think we've all done that, you know, a more patient mom or more patient dad would be so much better at this than I would be. Or if my child was just more like so-and-so who seems just so calm and copy and does exactly as her parents say, it's very easy to get into that, that type of self-talk Um, when all of this is happening. So it seems like the mindfulness piece lends itself to being more productive with your self-talk, but also what I call parenting out loud, where you're actually saying things like, I'm feeling angry. You know, I'm super frustrated right now. 
and I'm going to go take a deep breath so that your kids are clued into what's going on in your brain and you're sort of overtaking it from going in those negative directions uh, that it constantly can find, uh, you know, little pockets of of shame and guilt and frustration. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I think that as we build a mindfulness practice, we start to see ourselves more clearly, right? And Mm. we can, I think, you know, compassion practice is very much included in, in, in the book. And, but I think compassion really starts to arise very naturally Mm. as we start to understand ourselves more fully and see ourselves more fully. You know, we start to see their, the, our own moments of suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, some self-compassion can, can just naturally arise from that. We see that, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard Mm -hmm. to be a human being on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot to handle and all this internal stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's really looking a little bit more object. Yeah. Non-judgmentally with some curiosity, a little bit more objectively at ourselves. And, and that piece about giving ourselves a soft landing is, is really, um, really important to, to even, allowing us to sort of grow and learn from Mm -hmm. from the inevitable mistakes Mm -hmm. we're going to make so so while we're parenting we're often dealing with difficult feelings and you cover this too uh these are difficult feelings both of our our children and our own difficult feelings and it's easy to want to shut those down and you know, put them away so that you don't have to deal with them. Or we let them out in hurtful ways, which, you know, we were just saying, like things that you might say and start, you know, really blaming your child or saying negative things about yourself. You talk about using the acronym RAIN, recognize, allow and accept, investigate and nurture. So can you take us through this mindful path through difficult feelings and what that actually looks like in practice? Sure. I mean, it's so, so valuable because I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, Robin, but my parents were, you know, just they're wonderful people and just like average parents. No one was like a psychologist mm-hmm. or a communication mm-hmm. specialist. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you know, they taught us, you know, a lot of us were learned to just basically stuff our feelings that, the, mm-hmm. you know, we should just shouldn't have those feelings. Stop mm-hmm. crying, mm-hmm. you know, don't get angry. Um, and you're, you're bad and mm-hmm. wrong when you get angry or, or you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. Those were kind of some of the messages that we were sent. And we were never really taught how to take care of our difficult feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just uh, something that's a little newer that we're evolving into. Mm-hmm. Um, and rain is such a beautiful way to, to handle it. Um, Tara Brock teaches a lot about rain. I'm not sure where the origins of rain come from, but... Um, yeah, as you said, RAIN stands for recognize, accept or allow, investigate and nurture or nourish with self-compassion. And so uh, that R piece is so, so important to just recognize what we're feeling. So sometimes, um, <clears throat> you know, we're feeling annoyed, mm-hmm. we're feeling anxious or stressed out. What do we do? We go do the laundry. Mm-hmm. We're doing the next thing on the list. We're mm-hmm. wiping up this thing. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing all of these things. We're trying to avoid it and kind of push it away. And 
that's not helpful because I really think of our difficult feelings. I don't know if you get this experience, but I think of our difficult feelings as like, like these toddlers that are just kind of pulling on our leg mm -hmm. and they are not going to go away mm. until they are seen mm -hmm. and heard and acknowledged. Mm -hmm. you know? Good point. Yes. yes. So we want to be able to see and hear and acknowledge those feelings and it, it takes some bravery. It takes a little bit of practice, but ultimately it can be not so scary. And so that piece about recognizing is we stop what we're doing. We maybe sit down and close our eyes. You might put a hand to your heart and you might notice, what is what am I feeling? What does this feel like? What are the sensations I'm feeling in my mind uh, or the sensations in my body, mm -hmm. in my jaw, in my chest? in my hands, you know, what, what's happening in my belly. And as we start to really tune into those sensations, th that is really healing, right? That this is like seeing and hearing those emotions. And then even just recognizing, we can try to even name it like, Oh, I'm feeling anxiety right now. Mm -hmm. And so we may not even have a name for it, but we might just feel those feelings. And then with that a piece of rain, unfortunately, like, our habit energy of saying, no, 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 I don't want to feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't work. They, mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, this shadow grows, it becomes scarier and bigger. Mm -hmm. so you don't address it, you know, and instead it's kind of, it feels counterintuitive. But when we say yes, when we say allow it, when we make space for it, it, it like there's less of like a gripping and less of a, a mm -hmm. running away. And, um, and, you know, I, you know, you can even talk to that feeling like, oh, hello, anxiety, old friend, mm -hmm. I see you there, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like, mm -hmm. hello, I see you, I feel these sensations that are arising. And then as we, the I in RAIN is to investigate, I wonder why this is arising right now. Mm -hmm. and, and we can just start to understand it a little bit more deeply. What is the information that this feeling is trying to give us, right? Because our, our difficult feelings are just, they're trying to give us some information about what's happening in our lives. Um, so what is that information? And then, and we don't want to get caught in a big rabbit hole there, but then you can start to go to that, that nourish with self-compassion. And this is so important. You know, we can offer ourselves the compassion we need to heal things. Mm. So we can talk to ourselves kindly. You know, we can put a hand to the heart. We can tell ourselves like, not your fault you know trust your goodness you mm -hmm. know it's this was a hard moment mm -hmm. you know you're doing your best we mm -hmm. can tell ourselves all those things that are really helpful right that someone loving may say to us right that best friend uh, voice that you would say to your your best friend or as you mentioned um you know what would you talk to your best friend's child that way or somebody who loves mm -hmm. child that way right yes 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 and so um this is a this is a you know i offer this as like a guided meditation mm -hmm. but this is something that as after we practice this for a while <clears throat> it can be really healing it's not like a one and done thing mm -hmm. you know, you're not like boom okay forever I'm done. <laughs> but you you can get to know it and then it, it can become this, this, it becomes like a tool in your toolbox so mm -hmm. that you can sit and say, oh, what am I feeling? Oh, mm -hmm. here's this now. Oh, okay, this is hard. And you can kind of go through the process of rain in a really short amount of time mm -hmm. as you work with it. And then it, there's this like beautiful 
can be this beautiful clarity mm-hmm. and ease on the other side. And it just helps us to be more compassionate with ourselves, more mm-hmm. compassionate with others, understanding that we suffer, understanding that others suffer in the same way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really helpful uh, strategy and that something that people can use right away. Um, just having that moment where you go through rain, recognize, allow and accept, investigate and nurture, that that will in itself start to start to say, I do, I am valid, I have feelings, I they're okay, I'm okay, and help you in starting to look at your situations a little bit differently. I do wanna highlight, and I just wanted to ask you this question. You know, it's, Different people have have uh, different stress he- thresholds, and um, pa- some parents really get a tough deal. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. this is not a level playing field. So, hey, yeah. everybody, like, let's do this mindful practice, and everybody, you know, oh, this one's gotten, you know, this is really easy for this person. Maybe their child is is thought of as as a pretty agreeable and you know pretty typically developing. But I did want to ask you, because we have a huge population of people and teachers who are dealing with kids who are not typical, um, Mm -hmm. that may have more challenges, that have more behavioral uh, issues and more emotional challenges. Uh, They may have uh, ADHD, they may be on the spectrum, um, and they may have a whole host of other diagnoses. So what, what kind of message can you say to those parents and teachers who are dealing with a more challenging situation and more challenging children and and that their situation is not the norm. Mm. Yeah, that's in- incredibly hard. We have a, a number of people um, with situations like that in mindful parenting, and it's it's you know it makes it so you have a lot of practice mm-hmm. with taking care of your difficult feelings mm-hmm. and all of those things. Um, you know, I think that. I've, I've seen these tools really, truly, truly help people mm-hmm. who are in very difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that when you're in a more challenging situation, you need to have more resources, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. need to find as many resources as you can. And as we can be, you know, as we can calm our own reactivity with habits that steady the heart, the mind, the nervous system, mm. that is, that can, that only helps us mm-hmm. to be more compassionate and more thoughtful in our responses to Mm -hmm. our kids who are also struggling Mm -hmm. with, with bigger challenges than maybe your neighbor's kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that piece about self-compassion is so huge here where, you know, we can, we can be so hard on ourselves and to stop that practice of judging ourselves and say, this is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing what I can. And, and this practice of, allowing yourself to be to be good enough mm. for the situation mm-hmm. rather than rather than than perfect mm-hmm. you know um it's yeah we mm-hmm. you know acknowledging those challenges and uh, you know giving yourselves more resources i think is is truly truly important mm-hmm. thank you for that uh, i just want to make sure that we're we're speaking to everyone here and and saying that 
you know, this is, this doesn't make it so your situations are, uh, you know, less, less of an issue or less frequent necessarily, but that the way that you respond may be different. And that in turn may assist in the situations and alleviating the situations a little bit sooner or make it more clear to you that it's not you and you're not doing anything wrong and that maybe your mind is clearer to come up with something else that you can do in that situation that may may be helpful. You know, we've talked to um, uh, Dr. Lynn Kenny, we've talked to Wendy Young, and they talk a lot about dealing with tempers and uh, tantrums and, and feelings and anger. And, and in order to employ some of the techniques that you may use with children uh, to soothe their feelings and their frustrations and their stress response, we have to first be able to deal with our own so that we have some clarity. And I know that you talk about that in the book. Um, yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't give what we do not have, you know, and, and, and our kids sense our, our inner state. It, mm-hmm. it matters so much, right. you know, and, and how we live and, and what we are, you know, that, that matters so much as we, you know, you know, in, um, in, in mindful parenting and raising good humans, I, we, there's all this inner work that people yes. do before we even get to some communication pieces. But people start to see transformations in their relationships, even as they just, mm. as they just start to calm their themselves, as they start to mm-hmm. let go of self-judgment, as mm-hmm. they start to, um, to, to allow themselves to be human and to, to calm their reactivity, that can really help enormously, uh, you know, as you bring less, less tension, less anxiety into a situation that that helps people in the room (laughs) and and it's it's easy to to say something like i just you know i wish my child was different i wish my child had these skills already i I, my child's 12 i shouldn't be still dealing with this my child's seven i still shouldn't be dealing with this but at the end of the day you know your child at that moment may not have those skills or not be able to employ those skills so this is something that we can do that can assist in some way um, and and hopefully through time that becomes more manageable in some way. I just want to note, note that we, we really can see and hear those people who are struggling so very much right now and uh, just looking for what can I do that's going to make my child stop doing this or that or start doing this or that it may start with you and as frustrating as that may seem at times, it is a valid thing to do. Um, you know, you talk about our communication barriers such as ordering and threatening, advising, blaming, name calling, judging, dismissing. So can we, let's talk about what some of these kinds of things might sound like in a frustrating moment. And then how we can really respond instead. It, it'll it'll be a mm. section that we sometimes do, which is like, do this or say this, not that. So, mm. so let's say your child, not that this has happened in my house, let's use, <laughs> actually, to, today. Let's say that your child eats something in the kitchen. I bet you my, my husband, if he was listening in, he'd be like nodding his head. Let's say your child eats something in the kitchen and then leaves their plate or bowl or spoons or box of cereal, whatever else, 
just exactly where it is and just gets mm. up and moves on with the business of the day, even though you've said like a hundred gazillion bazillion times already, like, please just pick up your plate and put it in the dishwasher, you know, pick up your shoes, pick up your lamp, like we've had these conversations. So what, what is some of the, co- the communication, communication barriers sounds like in those moments? And then let's sort of turn it on its ear and talk about what we should be or could say instead during those moments because i think that will be really helpful to people i are you like uh looking into my kitchen because this is like oh situation yeah i mean literally literally today (laughs) and like pretty much every day i find it completely bizarre but then at the same time i guess i i'm sure i did that i guess i'm i guess i did but like you know they eat something and then they just get up and this Walk away. I, I just it is mind-boggling to me and so just like window into dr robin's house child development specialist and hunter's house who is coaching about this still happening everybody still totally happening so yes i'm looking at your kitchen and my kitchen <laughs> what we do so funny because this morning my daughter made some she likes to make like she made last night's leftover pasta for mm-hmm breakfast I've totally seen that with my daughter too I yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know it's interesting how we can kind of hone in on the negative you know we have this negativity bias because I did not acknowledge or even notice until later that she had also sliced a bunch of cucumbers and eaten cucumbers with her pasta which we've been encouraging her Mm. to eat some more vegetables and I I didn't even notice that I did notice the the pasta splattered in the microwave Mm -hmm. sauce splattered in the microwave so this is this is a very real Mm -hmm. real time it's real it's real yeah my daughter made herself lunch which I do really appreciate and again like let's look at the positive that she like went downstairs like did it herself, like made herself her own lunch, but then left the bowl. There was like a little rice sort of scattered and yeah, yeah, Yeah. didn't pick up the spoon. (laughs) Like, uh, yes, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. It it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of repetition, but some of the things that we do, you know, that aren't helpful are, as you said, those communication barriers. So giving an order in that situation is Mm. not helpful whether you're two years old or you're 12 or you're 90, nobody actually likes to be, have orders barked at them. Mm. Um, Which is like what we would totally go to, like pick up your bowl, right? Like absolutely. Yes. So, um, so that causes resistance that causes resentment, especially Mm. when we use it a lot. Like if you're two years old, your whole life is like orders, (sighs) put on your shoes, put on your jacket, Mm -hmm. brush your teeth, do these things. Because you think you're being like directive and, clear but an order is simply still an order even if it's short and sweet yes exactly and we don't want to use like name calling or you know oh my god you're such a slob Mm -hmm. like that just Mm -hmm. is not going to be helpful like I'm not going to be like oh I am a slob mom thanks (laughs) thanks for pointing that out out. now I will rectify the situation yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, th- so those things aren't helpful. Um, Though we do them. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's helpful to, we do tend to talk to kids in this kind of like a really rude way mm-hmm. that we don't talk to other people in the population. And you we know, would like, hate for them to speak to us in the same way. 
I know. And it's yeah. tough because we have to um, teach our kids life skills. So yes. we have to, you know, we're in this position of, you know, we, it's, we don't want to, you know, help them out all the time because we'll just get sort of walked all over with that exactly. and they won't learn to do those things themselves. So we know that it's not loving to always, you know, if it, if it was like your mom or your grandma who did that, you would have just been like, Oh, mm -hmm. grandma. And you would have cleaned it up for them. Oh yeah. You wouldn't even think so twice about it. You would just wouldn't even do it. Think yes, of course. But so, grandma has the skills, man. She has the skills. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you would assume she just forgot, she but just we know forgot. that's not really the case with our kids. So right. it's it's, a li it's really frustrating. So um, we want to then, you know, I think some of the, we talk about then speaking, you know, using an iMessage and mm -hmm. speaking from an iMessage. And I talk about, you know, an iMessage that has three parts mm -hmm. in Raising Good Humans. And it's, uh, you know, we want to describe the behavior. We want to talk about how that affects us and how it makes us feel. And we can also just use one of those parts. Sometimes that can be helpful. You know, you might say, you know, cereal bowl, that might be enough, right? As they're like leaving to be, and they might, you might get an eye roll, but they may go back and like put their cereal bowl away, right? Right. So generally we want to think about first, if I were saying this to somebody like my respected grandma or like uh, an adult, how would I say mm -hmm. it or to my husband? Mm -hmm. This can be very helpful. Like, hey honey, looks like you forgot your cereal bowl. You know, so we might just say something like that. Mm -hmm. Or would you mind picking up, You would you mind making sure the kitchen's cleaned up before you leave? Mm -hmm. You know, so we can start off with this like more polite language. You mm -hmm. know, just imagine how would you say it to, you know, your Aunt Sally. Um, okay, so, you know, hey, would you mind making sure the kitchen's cleaned up? Um, and then leaving it at that, giving them a minute or two, giving them some time to get it done. And so say they still haven't got it done. Right. Um, Cause they're not your aunt Sally. They're still they're a child not. and they're still not wanting to do that. Can't you just do it for me, mom? I know. Oh, so I'll get it later. <laughs> like the instance of the splattered spaghetti mm -hmm. in my, um, microwave. Um, so what's going to happen is that, you know, when she comes back, I'll let her know how this affects me and how it makes me feel like, Hey, when you leave this mess in the microwave, I feel really annoyed. And then I've got a bunch of work. Mm -hmm. I've got to clean up all this gross mm -hmm. mess and that's not fair. So I'm going to let her know how that, how that makes me feel and how it affects me. Mm -hmm. And it, hopefully it's our, our underlying connection and that sense of love and connection that our kids really do care about us and they want to do that. So mm -hmm. let's imagine though my iMessage fails because mm -hmm. it does sometimes, right? right? Um, and okay. now we've now we've told her twice in this scenario, yeah. so it's getting yeah. more frustrating. Getting more frustrating. Mm -hmm. But what I'm gonna try to do, and and I love that I'm able to rehearse this before she comes home. Honestly, no, time. I'm I'm put, putting it in my head. I'm storing it because the bowl is still currently now in the sink because yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. put it in the sink. Yes. So, um, so then what I'm gonna what's gonna happen is that, you know. I'm going to have a natural boundary here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to uh, cause uh, use a threat or a punishment because that causes mm -hmm. a lot of resentment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we clean up our messes before we do our fun stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we get our yes. responsibilities done before we do our fun stuff. That's right. just a general 
rule in the house and that's very helpful to have because when she wants to play Minecraft later on, you know, dad's computer, um, yes, you can play Minecraft, but you got to get, you know, you got to get clean up the microwave. First. And by the way, now it's crusted over and much harder to get off. <laughs> much, so natural consequence also built in there, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yes. And so, but if something like this, you know, happens a lot, Mm -hmm. then we might want to have a, you know, sit down and have a conversation about do, you know, I talk about a win-win problem solving session, like, mm -hmm. okay, we've got a conflict here. We've got a the problem. My needs around having a clean kitchen to use aren't being met on a regular basis. Let's talk about how we can figure this out. So you take a neutral moment and you, yes. you neutral moment. That is really important. Yes. So you're not doing this when there is a mess and you're really frustrated. This is during the time when it's not a problem. This is when we're telling ourselves, this is not an emergency. Not an <laughs> this is not an emergency. Mm -hmm. okay. And, you know, take that, take that long view. Mm -hmm. um, some, some, you know, issues are obviously more urgent, but that's how, uh, you know, how I would handle mm -hmm. some situations like that. Okay. I like it. And I hope that was helpful to everybody who was listening in because honestly, take out the spaghetti sauce and insert any other issue <laughs> that you're currently having with your child. Um, you know, a common issue, speaking of issues that parents discuss that we haven't touched on today that I want to touch on before we end this up is um, to just quickly do something about sibling rivalry uh, because it's, it's very very common. It certainly happens in my house. My kids are, you know, 10 and a half and almost 12 right now, still happening. And if you find that your children bicker constantly about anything from whose turn it is to pick a movie or who broke the remote or who forgot the book on the table on the way to the library, what can you do in these situations so that you don't lose your mind? Like, what is the how do we translate this from dealing with one child in that moment who did the spaghetti sauce or forgot the plate or left the shoes in the middle of the floor to now two children who are fighting and it's constantly making you feel frustrated with a, a whole sense of unrest from the beginning of the day to the end or throughout? Mm, that's a, it's a really annoying and frustrating situation. It is. I can, I, I've been through periods of that. And um, yeah, so we want to think about then, you know, who, who has a problem? Mm -hmm. Whose you know, problem is it? I saw in your book. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's my problem right now. It's and so what, what needs of yours aren't being met? You know, just the, the, the need for calm and peace in my house. Um, mm -hmm. To feel, to feel relaxed and happy in my own home. Because, you know, when you're around arguments all the time, you feel completely unsettled and mm -hmm. your, your, your shoulders are by your ears. So your body reacts to it and your heart, you know, responds to it. It just is, it's sad to see it and frustrating yeah. to see it. And it takes up a lot of brain power. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, again, I would sit your kids down in a neutral moment mm -hmm. and and talk about how this behavior is making you feel and also how it's affecting your life. And I would avoid using the word constantly, like, or always or never. Mm -hmm. uh, those are not true. Right. They're not accurate words, right? right? They're like it's a good point, yes. Words. So we want to be 
um, we want to not exaggerate. So, you know, when, when you guys argue in front of me, uh, I'm feeling really frustrated. You know, it's happened a couple times, a number of times recently. I'm feeling really frustrated. I can't enjoy my space. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what we can we do to, uh, to help it like have a more peaceful and calm household. Mm-hmm. And I would inco- invite them into the conversation and you might have to do some translating back and forth mm-hmm. between the siblings as you talk it out mm-hmm. you know okay 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 so you're saying and then you translate whatever unskillful language mm-hmm. the child said mm-hmm. into skillful language mm-hmm. for their sibling to mm-hmm. hear and then you say okay and you're saying ba 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 and so you start that conversation about what how to meet your needs and so you can you know there's a whole method in the book and in mindful parenting about how to do this that goes goes through steps and how to how to write it down and and all those things but basically you want to brainstorm some ideas and then pick some ideas that meet everybody's needs Mm -hmm. and then there's a really important final final step which is to set a time to say like okay a week from now we're going to check in on this and see if everybody's needs are getting met. Mm-hmm. And so then you can check back in in a week from now. And so the idea is that you don't want to put yourself in the place of having to be the enforcer. Mm-hmm. You want them to want to have their needs met and you to want, you know, you to get your needs met too. So mm-hmm. that everybody can get their needs met in that situation. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Okay. And and in the moment, let's say you're in the kitchen and the kids are in the adjoining room and you hear it happening you know mm-hmm. they're ramping up somebody you know how this is going to go somebody is going to start yelling somebody might start crying um, I hear from people that you know they feel like they've got to get involved because they can't stand it anymore or they are you know fearing that somebody is going to wind up crying or frustrated or hurt or whatever so in that moment when it's happening after you've had this conversation, what are you advising? Well, so it might be helpful to talk about that with the kids. Mm-hmm. Like when you're feeling frustrated, do you want me to step in? Like, mm-hmm. do you need want help with like a timeout? Like you could have that mm-hmm. conversation with your kids cause they're old enough, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, and I think it's really helpful to make a separation between when kids are maybe going to hurt each other, like honestly, physically, mm-hmm. or or not, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of benefit to letting them solve mm-hmm. their own problems mm-hmm. and the unskillful and and failing at it, mm-hmm. right, and not like doing the right thing, mm-hmm. because that's how we learn, right? We right. learn through failure. So if it's a moment where they're not going to kill each other or maim each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> you might wanna you might wanna just let it ride take care of yourself Mm -hmm. right like go put yourself in another room Mm -hmm. splash the cold water on your face take your shower (laughs) get yourself out of workout yes okay exactly and just let let that happen Mm -hmm. and then you may want to debrief about it a little Mm -hmm. bit later right you know and then if it's a situation of physical harm obviously you want to step step in in. right okay so so after talking all about mindfulness and how being mindful then works in your real life. What would you say is your top tip? What would you want 
people who are listening, the parents, the educators, the coaches, how would you like them to move on from this conversation we're having here to applying it to their own life? What would you like them to take away? I guess I think I would like them to slow down. Mm. You know, I would like you to take time for yourself every single day for um, for some mindful self-care, whether it's a short meditation practice or a little yoga practice or you just go for a walk without any headphones on up and down the street for a little while. You know, take some time to yourself because you cannot give what you do not have. Mm. And if you don't have calm and peace within, you're not going to be able to give that to your children. So, uh, so take some time for you. Your needs are just as important as your kids and then start to slow it down. Mm. When you're feeling sped up, that's exactly when we need to slow it down. Mm. When we need to breathe, when we need to calm that stress response. So Mm. take what you've learned today about the brain and the nervous system and take care of your own brain and nervous system. Is that the key to assuaging that reactive parenting slowing down it's one of them absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah slowing it down when we're in a hurry it's interesting that when anytime you're in any kind of hurry your brain your nervous system perceives that as a threat Mm -hmm. because why would you be hurrying unless there was a threat around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it makes sense evolutionarily so slow yourself down and slow slow down with your kids so that you can be really present with them Mm -hmm. right so that you can really see them really hear them be curious about them you know rather than the the labels Mm -hmm. be curious about who they are today Mm -hmm. rather than who they were yesterday and give us the resource of the week where can we go to get more information about you and your book and the work you're doing sure so you um you can learn more about mindfulness. I have, since this is an audio format, I have an audio guide for you to do. It's called the Mindful Mom Guide. And um, you can find that at mindfulmomguide.com or everything is at Mindful Mama Mentor. And, and the book Raising Good Humans is anywhere books are and it's in audiobook form and all of that stuff. But you can go to mindfulmamamentor.com and find links to most of everything. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing all of this great information. I think we all really appreciate your solutions like RAIN and really being present um, so that we are aware of our feelings and value our feelings and know that time for ourselves is ex- extremely important so that we are able to give our time, the best of our time, to both ourselves and to our children. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you for what you're doing. I mean, you're doing great work. Oh, I appreciate that. In this evolution. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. You can go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram under Dr. Robin Silverman. And if you love this podcast like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it. I cannot tell you how much those five-star reviews really boost the ability to get the podcast out and get exposure. We are almost breaking through 2 million downloads with your help. I know we can get to more and really help as many people as possible. I just want to thank you for your listenership and for being part of this 
fabulous family and really getting this podcast out to as many people as possible. And don't forget the How to Talk to Kids About Anything book will be out September 12th of 2023. Woohoo! That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. There's so many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. I am guessing that you heard something today and you were thinking back, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have responded this way, I shouldn't have responded that way. Don't do that to yourself. This is not what this is for. You are here and you are getting the information you need at this point. And remember, you can always have a do-over. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. And I see you and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you're 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversations. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.